with Dr. Roger Hodkinson, not Hodgkinson, Hodkinson. It's not care. It's Kerrigan, not Carrington or Cardigan. It's Hodkinson, not Hodgkinson. The bane of your existence. But before I ramble on like an idiot, which I've already done for 15 seconds, how about you introduce yourself, sir? Well, thank you, Tommy. It's a pleasure to be on your show and um, hopefully uh, dispense some information that's um, counter-narrative that people might find useful. I, I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. And it will be uh, curious to see whether or not YouTube bans this as wrong think or not. But uh, I guess that's the game we're playing. So <clears throat> I've watched some of your interviews. You were recommended to me by Miss Bobby Ann Cox, who I just did her podcast about 10 minutes ago. And you're a very interesting guy, and she's right. Your testament about uh, the the great Barrington, um, excuse me, is is that the censorship has worked overwhelmingly um, effective. And what you have spoken out about about the draconian lockdowns is, and I loved how the I think the first sentence I ever heard you say was, um, "We either need to lock the world down." at military gunpoint for 14 days or not do anything at all because there's no middle ground. And seeing as how we can't do the first, we have to do the second, and which is just let things go. But where do you think that stands today? Well, in, in essence, this is, um, if I could uh, borrow a phrase from, from American politics, there's no, there's no there there. <laughs> This is a grotesque exaggeration of what in the grand scheme of things was and still is a relatively mild infection that has swept the world. It is a pandemic. The virus virus is real. It has been cultured. Uh, the hoax is not the existence of the virus. The hoax is the reaction to it. And over the last year, um, you really don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out, knock, knock, if everything you've been doing for a year isn't working, just maybe it's not working. And just maybe there's no need to double down on anything because you've seen categorically it's not working. Yeah. But, but to be more explicit on that, um, my summary statement is very simple. Nothing works. Politicians have got to get their head around the fact that medicine for all its sophistication in 2021 is utterly impotent at controlling a viral pandemic of this nature. Nothing that can be done is going to be successful. In fact, the activities to flatten the curve and to do all these constraints of movement and so on, if they do anything at all, which itself is questionable, if they were to be successful as they claim, all that they're really doing is delaying the inevitable, mm -hmm. delaying the development of herd immunity and creating immense despair in the population because of the enormous consequences of lockdowns. The threatened suicides, the cancelled funerals, the cancelled heart transplants, lockdown schools, children losing a year of their lives, bankruptcies. It, it, it never ends. The, the, the harm from lockdowns is grotesque. It's never been tried before in human history for this reason. It clearly does not work. It's enormously harmful. And so essentially we're back to where the Great Barrington Declaration um, led us initially, which is life should get back entirely as normal with the exception of more enhanced protection of those who are vulnerable because of age or comorbidities who are currently in nursing homes, largely speaking, that are already, I hate to use the current vernacular, all the voca our vocabulary has been infiltrated by COVID. Um, they are self-quarantined in the new vernacular in places with walls and doors. And in those places called nursing homes, there are things called infection control manuals on the shelves getting dusty. There are established methods 
to control cross-infection in institutions. That's how we prevent the spread of superbugs in hospitals, for example, reasonably effectively. We do not need um, any other intervention other than common sense and established protocols to protect older people, with the exception, I would say, of supplementing their daily intake with vitamin D in a significant dose, because that has been shown to be dramatically effective at uh, preventing the uh, emergence of a, an upper respiratory tract infection. In fact, just yesterday, the first country in the world to endorse that for the entire population as a government-funded distribution of medicine was Ireland in Europe. Really? Ireland has now recognized that vitamin D, rather belatedly, and with the loss of thousands of lives internationally because of this delayed intervention, vitamin D is enormously powerful at supporting the immune system. So that, that's my opening statement, um, Tommy. It, it's, it's much ado about nothing, to, qu to, to, um, to quote someone else that was rather famous. <laughs> um, it, it's, it really is. And, and that's the tragedy here. It's politics playing medicine mm -hmm. at the most, in the most extreme way, being totally misinformed, and being reluctant to back off when the evidence is overwhelmingly against any of these interventions. They back themselves into a corner. And the first rule in politics, of course, never is never apologize because you might lose your shirt at the next election. So they're having to back out of this monster that they created by a, a second level of jeopardy which is, listen, um, you know, um, we're only going to take the dogs off, you stupid people, if you're so stupid that you take this experimental vaccine. And then it's going to morph again into, you know, vaccine passports. But, I mean, they're, they're responsible for creating this monster. And now they have the audacity to say, we're only going to take the dogs off, get rid of these mandates. If you're so ill-informed because of the censorship that's been going on, if you're so ill-informed to take a vaccine that's utterly reckless and has unproven safety by any measure, this is, a, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I take every vaccine personally mm -hmm. that's been proven to be safe, pneumococcal, influenza, etc. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I'm a head screwed on very evidence-based, pragmatic, um, senior pathologist. For, who's for the, um, excuse to interrupt you real quick, for the, uh, the room temperature mouth-breathing morons that might be listening to this right now, could you please inform them of your, of your medical CV? Well, it's contrary to what AP and Snopes would have you believe, surprisingly. <laughs> You're not a Klan's member? Uh, I have lived a very clean professional life in evidence-based medicine, having had very responsible positions at many levels of organized medicine. I'm, I was the president of the Association of Pathologists in Alberta for a number of years. I've been an assistant professor in the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Alberta. I've been an examiner. I was actually chairman of the uh, a subcommittee of the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons in Ottawa that set the annual examination for pathologists to make sure that they knew what they were talking about. I'd like to think that that particular credential might mean that I, I have some credibility myself, that if I, if I was sitting in judgment of residents who were hoping to become board-certified pathologists, I'm a fellow of the College of American Pathologists. Um, I started my training at Cambridge University where I was a scholar, which is a rather um, rare award. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud of what I've done in medicine and in, in pathology. In addition to all of that, um, the very college that is attacking me for my public statements on all of this, I used to be a laboratory inspector for them years ago. So they trusted me then, but they're having doubts about me now. There's a little, I have a little problem with that. Well, that's what you get for not following orders. 
I was just following orders, right? You know, just where are your papers? Get on the train. That's how it always starts, right? It's, but I wanted you to go through that because I've listened to several of your interviews and I've read about you, but I'm sure that there's someone listening to this right now saying, who's this guy talking about vitamin D and COVID doesn't work. So I just wanted to kind of get that, get that out of the way. Well, I'd like to say one, one thing on that, on that topic, this whole, um, COVID scam that's going on, um, there are so many facets of this and there is no one on earth who is an expert in all aspects of this issue. There are many subspecialities in medicine that have expressed interest in it and made observations. I, I won't go through the list. It's, it's as long as you're on. What's desperately needed for the general public is to hear something from the likes of me who's not claiming to be one of those experts in any one particular micro speciality, mm -hmm. but to pull it all together in a way that the general public can understand is an opinion from someone who's deeply experienced in medicine and has surveyed all these issues over the last year and has come to a very sober conclusion about what it all means. Mm. And I believe that is what the general public wants to hear rather than people pontificating about the poor size in N95 masks and, you know, critiquing the Danish mask study ad infinitum and so on and so on. No, it's gone way beyond that. We're now into a time in, in our history when the most outrageous things are happening for no good medical reason whatsoever. And there's a need for the general public to have confidence that their gut feelings about this being an absolute hoax is well supported by the likes of me and evidence-based medicine. What I thought was most <clears throat> interesting about when you and I first spoke on the phone was me being me, I immediately jumped into it and I was like, so what is it? Is it Chinese bioweapon? And you were like, no. And I was like, is it the deep state? Is it the Illuminati? And you were like, you're like, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but you were like, no. And to me, that is what that is what kind of drew more of a it's like what Terrence McKenna used to say, the ethnobotanist and psychedelic researcher who died in 2000. He was like, you know what happens? He's like, if you ever get to the center of power, you realize it's not the Illuminati. It's not the Jews. It's not the reptilians. It's not the Vatican. You realize no one's in charge. And that's the true terror. Talking to you on the phone, I was like, I'm going to get the lowdown scoop. What is it? Wuhan, you know, bioweapons, Unit 731. And you were like, no, this is very simply political operatives, politicians not wanting to admit they're wrong. And so everyone's just doubling down. No one wants to deal with the hangover, so they're just getting drunk again. And tomorrow the hangover is worse, so they're just getting drunk again. And to me, it was like, that's the unsexy explanation that's just like no one wants to admit they're wrong and so it's we got to lock down harder we got to push it for it was trump's fault it was biden's fault it was xi jinping's fault it was blah 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 and you're like no it's just this hey we all messed up we all we're all human you know okay noted but there there, there is i'm not a conspiracy theorist and, and i this am wasn't... full disclosure i am like it's you know well, for fun for this fun. this was not a big internationally sure. organized conspiracy theory sure. a the um, event it's not part of the great reset yeah are the great other great resetters taking advantage of this most certainly they are are the democrats in your country taking advantage of this obviously they are but let me just rewind the clock here as to how this whole thing started in, in my opinion, and I believe there's a substantial body of evidence to support this from a scientific perspective. Back in the Obama administration, Fauci had been told by Obama that he must not undertake gain of function research in the United States of America. Gain of function is when you bizarrely make a virus more infectious by genetic engineering, gene splicing, gene editing, in order to study it in terms of how to contain it. It sounds bizarre. It's called gain of function research. 
Fauci wanted to do that on the coronavirus. He had a contract for that research to be done. He couldn't be done in the States. So he outsourced it through a white gloved intermediary to the Wuhan lab in China. That particular research project was funded by the United States of America. In that lab in Wuhan, which had a notorious reputation for biosafety, well, well recognized communication from your state department about the worry that it, about it all. In my opinion, it was that the genetic engineering of the lab that the United States asked for that escaped from that lab with sloppy biosafety into the local community. And before you knew where you were, it was on a plane to Milan because of the high density of traffic between Wuhan and Milan to provide cheap Chinese labor for the Italian leather industry. It got going in Milan very strongly because Milan happened to have the largest population of elderly people on a demographic basis in all of Europe. And they started dying like flies in Milan. A guy called Neil Ferguson at Imperial College London got wind of this. A guy who was notorious in, for his previous Armageddon predictions following other pandemics. He plugged the numbers into his computer and he came out with these ridiculous projections that hit the media. The media gorges on crises. It sells advertising. And it was around the world that same morning. If there's one particular problem in this entire process, first of all, it's Neil Ferguson, who is not a physician. He's actually a theoretical physicist. He knows nothing about medicine. That's the first point. Okay. The second point is that despite his notorious reputation for being wrong, no one internationally did due diligence on his projections. Everyone assumed Armageddon was coming. Well, it didn't come. And very soon it became clear that it was indeed the elderly with comorbidities who were vulnerable to this condition. And that was, of course, where all the focus should have been. But med politics had already gone into action. There was Armageddon coming. My future's on the line. So they had to be seen to be doing something mm. visible to protect the population from this catastrophic possibility. The things that were implemented, everyone knew at the time, and even more so now, had no evidence in medical literature. Even the WHO is on record in previous flu epidemics as saying that masks don't work. Well, masks do not work. There is no evidence for the effectiveness of masks in controlling this pandemic. And it's been, it's been said by others, and it's not my original phrase, but you cannot, you cannot contain a nanoscale problem a tiny, tiny virus with macro scale masks and etc. You cannot control a nanoscale problem with a macro scale solution. It's just madness. Intuitively, it's, it's doomed to failure. But by that time, the politicians have backed themselves into a corner with all these arbitrary measures with no support, no consensus in organized medicine. And they they followed the usual rule in politics. Never apologize. Never say you're wrong because you might lose your shirt at the next election. And so they dug themselves into this hole that they cannot admit they were wrong about. In general, there are exceptions, as we know. Sweden, DeSantis, and a large number of other American states who are now following DeSantis's lead. Um, it's very interesting, is it not, that a state like California with draconian um, lockdowns and mandates is is experiencing a higher death rate than Florida, which opened up quite some time ago. It's also interesting that the death curves in Sweden, which was virtually unaffected or had did virtually nothing from the get-go, it's very interesting that their death curves are actually half what they are in Britain where, again, draconian measures were taken.
So th there's macro macro evidence that this doesn't work. There's micro evidence of the the catastrophic consequences for individuals, bankruptcies and and suicides and school closures, delayed heart transplants, delayed cancer investigations. Um, the tsunami of built-up demand in the medical system is enormous because for one year the world has been focusing on one disease and one disease only totally inappropriately because the threat is is in the grand i'm not trying to make make this sound callous or or I, I, my comments extreme but it, it really is just about the same scale of of worry as a bad flu season which has killed similar numbers of people in the past in fact in fact the working well this under 65 people who are well um this year are dying in fewer numbers from covid than they have in many other flu seasons you you cannot you cannot prevent older people with comorbidities in nursing homes from getting infected by shutting down an entire society and preventing the working well from going about their normal lives. You simply, there's no connection between the two. They're, they're in different buckets, you might say, where one is relatively immune and is, is not going to be affected in any meaningful way, the working well. And as per the Great Barrington Declaration, the entire focus should have been, and still is not, on the focus protection, as they said, for the vulnerable people with comorbidities. So that, that's the message. Nothing works. We can talk about the vaccine in a minute, I hope, about being reckless, yes. and an unnecessary solution for an artificial problem. But in terms of where we are right now, Nothing, underlined in neon, nothing works. I, I'm a, a Trumper by, by persuasion. But I part company with him on his breast beating about the travel ban. We wrestled it to the ground and all that macho stuff that was going on. Medicine is impotent. Politicians have got to get their minds around the fact that we cannot affect the course of this pandemic. And the variants that are appearing, these mutants, are the norm. This is an RNA virus, just like the flu. And RNA viruses always mutate. They're always ahead of the game. You can never win the game because they're always a step ahead of you. And you have to accept that and accommodate to it. Mm. I guess, <clears throat> I mean, I guess we could drop hydrogen bombs all over the face of the earth and that might, we might beat the viruses. You know, that's always a tactic, but it does, <laughs> right? But it, it does, yeah, it's, it, but if you say that, right, not, not the hydrogen bombs, if you say that, you know, it, with good reason, people should not like the hydrogen bomb idea. But if you say that there's nothing we can do, that viruses for all of human, for all of organic history, they evolve faster, they duplicate faster, they split and they change and they travel faster, they always have. If you say that, you will automatically be struck down as, you know, shut up Nazi, trust the science, you want to kill my grandma. And it's, you can't even get away. Well, it's now. just it, it's exactly the other way around. I'm not the Nazi. I'm not the brown shirt thug. Yeah. It's, just, it's the politicians who are putting their boots in the faces of people and twisting it. Yeah. It's the police state that is is we're very close to a police state now because of the utterly arbitrary measures that are being undertaken. And it, it, it's growing by by the day. Yeah. In, in, my, in my immediate environment here in Canada, a church that chose to defy the lockdowns Saw that. has had a double chain link fence yeah. put around it for the very first time in Canadian history 
parishioners have been denied access to their place of worship because they dared to um, to uh, object to these utterly unsupportable measures. That's never happened before. Uh, I was there. It's, it, it just so happens to be fairly close to where I live. Um, and, and just for context, I'm an agnostic. Uh, I, 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 I go to church with my wife because I enjoy listening to the sermons, but I'm an agnostic. Sure. But I would, go to the, I would go to the wall for religious freedom, the right to assemble, the right to go to church and, and listen and, and pray. Um, I, that's a fundamental freedom that everyone should have without any question about the state interfering with it, particularly if the reasons for the intervention have no medical or scientific basis. It's purely arbitrary, and it's politicians trying to show their macho intent to wrestle, wrestle this thing to the ground, you know, zero COVID, and how brave we are and how successful we've been. Well, let me tell you something. In a, in a month, something will happen that happens every single year. What happens in the summer? Well, guess what? The sun comes up, doesn't it? The sun comes up and we all start making vitamin D in our skins. And that's the reason viral infections are not very prevalent in the summer and they tend to be in the winter. That whole, the usual explanation for the cough and cold season being due to humidity and temperature is absolute bullshit. It's simplistic thinking that has no medical basis whatsoever. It's not the season of coughs and colds. It's the season of vitamin D deficiency, which has been demonstrated internationally particularly in people with dark skins and particularly with people that live in the northern latitudes where everyone everyone in canada in every winter unless they're taking vitamin vitamin d supplementation every single person is vitamin d deficient by traditional criteria but when the sun comes up they're all going to cheer on the effectiveness of our vaccines, right? Well, th that's a typical fallacy trap, of course, is that because B follows A, A cause B. And, and yet they're, they're, then the, the, the other, the flip side of that argument is, you know, well, you know, yes, it, it has uh, disappeared, um, but only because of what we did. You know, can you imagine how terrible it would have been if we hadn't acted in these draconian ways? Oh, you should be so thankful for what we've introduced to try and flatten the curve and and uh, the precautionary principle for making sure that hospital capacity is not is not overwhelmed. Hello, knock knock. ICUs are always overloaded in in the winter because it's the cough and cold season that no one's taking vitamin D for. I'm not a homeopath, by the way. I despise them. I'm a mainstream evidence-based physician what else can i tell you vaccines you want to talk about vaccines i want to talk about all of it man i'm i normally never shut up during a podcast but i'm thoroughly enjoying just sitting here listening to you talk so i hope you i hope you don't take my my uh, my lack of speaking as uninterest or unagreement i'm just i'm enjoying watching you go um let's um I'm going to run to the restroom real quick. I'll be back in 30 seconds, but let's jump on to vaccines. I'm sorry. I, I just did a podcast and I drank like three of these. And so <laughs> my bladder's full. Can you monologue for like 30 seconds? I'll stand by. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. So vaccines. Why, why are these different than normal? Because as you said, you're not an anti-vaxxer, neither am I. I'm not a doctor. I have a biology degree. I got into medical school. But I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not a homeopath. I'm not a woo-woo. A, a but it does seem... It does seem that this it seems like a little bit more like genetic arts and crafts than it does an actual vaccine. Well, the, the initiative um, was brilliant. It was executed 
at warp speed, mm -hmm. as Trump liked to say. If it hadn't been for his um, initiation and funding, it would never have happened. Uh, of course, the the um, the protection from um, prosecution, the indemnity, um, certainly helped Big Pharma develop this with, without risk of what might happen. But, but I think you have to step back and look at the big picture here with vaccines. The first thing is, the vaccine was not needed. It was certainly not needed to be introduced with such an enormous rush with the implied lack of safety assessments. Just about every vaccine that's ever been used on a volume basis um, has been subjected to at least two or four years sometimes of, mm -hmm. of continual study to determine the, the significance and the frequency of adverse events. That has not happened with this particular vaccine. So it is it's being used under, as you know, emergency authorization, which is another way of saying this is experimental. We have no idea what this thing is. So an experimental vaccine is okay if you're dealing with something like Ebola or something of terrible, with terrible mortality. But this, that's not the case here. The mortality rate overall, if you look at population statistics, has, has barely changed. Older people are being sadly, uh, they're sadly dying in, in larger numbers, but not massive numbers. It, where I live, if you're over 65 and you're in status quo with whatever your condition is, over a period of one year, only one in 430 people over 65 have died, even if you assume the diagnosis is correct, with COVID as opposed to uh, due to COVID, as opposed to with COVID, which is another story in itself about the inaccuracy of, um, of, the, of the testing. But, but to get back to the, the vaccine itself, it, it is a, a very new method of production, quite intellectually brilliant. Um, and if it succeeds, I would take my hat off and cheer from the rooftops. And I would take it myself in a couple of years if it was shown to be safe in the grand scheme of things, because vaccines always have, unfortunately, a few people getting severe side effects and even dying. Mm -hmm. But the balance of the evidence suggests when the balance of the evidence suggests more good than harm, then it gets advocated for, ge for general use. But that's not the case here. It was unnecessary in the first place, given the scale of risk. And it's been introduced with a speed that means the safety assessments that normally happen have not taken place. And, and, and then what happened, of course, as if you had to prove the point, was the recall of the AstraZeneca vaccine mm -hmm. because of the concern about blood clots in the brain and the legs in women who were under 55 yeah. that proves that proves the point yeah those studies and those risks should have been amply uh, investigated before the vaccine was released for the general public because there is no emergency yeah i believe it's <clears throat> i think it's 11 or 13 countries in europe have uh have banned the astrazeneca yes. vaccine that's because, right yeah yeah that's right and again, as if to uh, prove their point, what better way at convincing everyone that there's nothing wrong with the vaccine than banning anyone on social media who raises a little bit of, little bit well, of doubt or anxiety about it? Let, let's talk about that, because the, 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 the general public have been um, prevented from hearing alternative narratives that may they may be feeling that this doesn't make sense but they've not had anything to support they've got feelings the average person is not stupid they're actually a lot more intelligent than these public health people who are ramming these measures down our throats the gut feeling of most people is that this doesn't make sense that's that's really what we have to to look at here, 
why why are we suppressing information that the lay people could have to support their, their gut impression? The three major sectors that most people rely upon for information are politicians, journalists, and physicians. All three of those groups are being viciously, ruthlessly, and efficiently suppressed. We're seeing you, all my interviews in, in, in the States and in Europe have been taken down, every single one of them. I know, it's hard. The, I was trying to find them to listen to them. There are alternative sites, but they, they, they've been banned. Journalists have had their YouTube channels taken down because of me. And just for talking exactly like I'm talking to you now. So journalists are being censored. Politicians are being censored. In my own province of Alberta here in, in Canada, um, politicians are deathly afraid of even listening to a presentation from physicians such as me and, and others who would like to address them to try and influence the political decisions that are being made. They don't even want to meet. But much more significant is the universal suppression of physicians. I'm, I'm being attacked by my own college for saying nothing more than what I've been saying on this program with you. And these, these colleges have enormous power. It's not the court, the usual court of law where you're innocent until proven guilty, guilty. No, this is like the star chamber of the middle ages where you are, you're guilty until proven innocent. If I say, if I said that the right way around, you're guilty until proven mm -hmm. innocent. Yeah. And, and, um, they have the power if you get what we call in the profession, the letter, they have the power to take your license away and to strip you of the means of earning a living or losing your position with privileges in a hospital or losing your academic position or not getting a grant because the people awarding grants are basically all using government money. So the, the oppression is palpable and physicians are not being allowed to speak their minds. So the net result of all of that is that the lay people have no access to anything contrary to the current narrative. And the only support for that narrative are from what I call sycophants, the camp followers, the academics, who's who need to kowtow to government in order to maintain their positions or their pensions. Those are the only people that you can dredge up to support these government interventions because the preponderance of evidence, if you step outside of that sphere, the preponderance of evidence, as I said repeatedly on, on this podcast with you, is that nothing works. But they're deathly afraid of supporting that notion because their own positions, their own livelihoods, their own pensions depend upon government largesse. So there's, there's a conspiracy of silence. That's the only conspiracy that's out there, in my opinion. It's not organized um, in terms of a great reset or global depopulation or, or any of any of the above. Um, it's it's um, it's just wokeism in action. Everyone's following everyone else. Everyone's deathly afraid of being different. Um, there's safety in numbers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then it, it becomes a you know never apologize, but it morphs into a whack-a-mole situation. Mm -hmm. You know where you know you suddenly find that you know you can't do any more mandates, and so up pops uh, another head and you whack that one with with the vaccine threat and then the next one that pops up you'll whack it down with um, the vaccine passport and and that progressive um set of consequences that all initiated from a failure of due diligence and herd mentality if i may use the, may use the pun of herd immunity it's herd mentality that's 
causing all these politicians to copy each other and to be deathly afraid yeah. of backing down and saying saying I was wrong. You know what it's <clears throat> it's poetically uh, similar to is uh, in the final months, perhaps the final year of World War II, uh, Hitler and all his top generals, whenever anyone would bring up the point that invading Soviet Union was was dumb as shit, Hitler would have them removed or killed. Hitler's physician, Dr. Tador Morell. There's a great book called Blitzed by Norman Oler, and I had Norman Oler on my podcast. It's an incredible book. It's all about Hitler's drug use. Hitler used to be so stressful to be around that uh, his physician would literally stand outside the door to like the meeting room and like the Wolf, the Wolfschanze, the Wolf's Lair. And as his generals would come up to go get ready for a meeting with the boss, the physician would offer them, hey, like, hey, do you want a shot of, of Eucadol or meth? So it'd be either painkillers or meth to go deal with Hitler. Because it's the only way you could deal with them is, is to get high. And so what happened was is anyone who spoke out was systematically removed and the herd was culled to the point where the only people that stayed in the bunker with Hitler were yes men who were as high as a kite as he was. And if you're on the inside and in that bubble, it works for a while. You get rid of all dissent. Everyone's literally high. We're going to invade the Soviets. We're going to take down America. We're going to set up a thousand-year Reich. And everyone's, yeah. But where does that eventually end? It, it ends with everyone biting down on a glass capsule of cyanide and putting mm -hmm. a 338 through their head. That's where it ends. And that's not to say where this ends, but... Uh, metaphorically, it does. You can just you well, you can for a while. You can beat down all dissent, and you can keep the bubble nice and pure. Eventually, reality comes breaking through like an a bomb, and 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 you you get what's coming. And it, well, I, I hope I hope reality dawns <laughs> soon, sooner than sooner than later. Yeah. Um, I I don't think this is. And a modern version of Kristallnacht. No, um, uh, I, I don't believe that. But we are certainly moving in the states. The 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 people in authority. I don't mean the states in terms of the, the various United States. I mean the, the the governmental authority is certainly sliding towards a more authoritarian type of behavior and control. And it's 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 gradual, and it's a slide that, unless it's stopped in its tracks, it can get substantially worse. And as for for example, putting a chain link fence around is utterly unacceptable. Needs to be resisted because it is just one little step in that progression of events that results in loss of the dear freedoms that we've we fought wars for we've died for individual freedoms that are so precious that the the church that the state is trying to take away from us so you know if you let a, a cordon around a church go one day it's going to be a cordon around all the restaurants the next and it's going to be vaccine passports the next and so on and so on. And before you know where you are, you're trapped in a society that was once free, um, but very severely controlled. And there's a lot of danger in where we are right now, unless the rest of the states follow DeSantis's rule. Um, there are many countries now like Canada and Britain where the most draconian things are happening in Canada, for example. If you if you go on holiday to Mexico and you come back, you have a, to have a test before you leave Mexico. This lousy test, and God knows how they do it in Mexico. <laughs> um, you've got to have a lousy test before you leave Mexico. You get off the plane and you have to go to a quarantine hotel, which is designated only for people returning from abroad. The locks are taken off the doors. You have to pay for that yourself to the tune of two dollars for the three days. And they'll only let you out of that prison if you have 
a negative COVID test. Can you see how draconian that is? To actually essentially imprison Canadian citizens who are returning from a lovely holiday, forcing them into this very um, ugly um, environment in, in these quarantine hotels, where you actually have to pay for it yourself before they'll release you into, back home. That's actually happening right now. There, there was a major segment on it. If I'm not sure if you oh, watch, um, if you watch uh, Tucker mm-hmm. on Fox News. Well, I've, um, I've also read. Yeah, I've read the article. It came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Major disclosure. Yeah. Can you see how freedoms are being constrained here with these utterly arbitrary measures instituted by frankly idiots? And then, when we look back, when we look back seventy-five years. And we learn about 12 12 million people being rounded up on trains, sorted left and right for able-bodied workers and those that are going to be thrown into fire pits, as per Eli Wiesel, tattooed systematically on their forearms and then incinerated and had their bones crushed by the Einsatzgruppen or the Sonderkommandos. And we look back and we say, how the hell did they let that happen? How do you let that happen? They, They must have been brainwashed. Well... The Holocaust didn't happen overnight. There's a great book called KL by Nicholas uh, Voschman. And it's, a, it's like a 30-hour audio book. I haven't finished it. I tried. But it starts in 1933. The gradual buildup of mm-hmm. what happened and how slowly it happened. The guards and the inmates used to be buddies. You could leave the concentration camp during the day. You had to be back by sundown. They'd play cards. The guards and the, you know, and the prisoners, they'd smoke. They'd drink gin together. You'd stay for 72 hours, and then they'd let you out. Every once in a while, one of them would get beaten. And I was like, oh, that was bad. But it wasn't the norm. And then every once in a while, one of them would get killed. And, ooh, it, they, they would shut down the camp for a little bit. Ooh, you can't let that happen. But it just progressed very, very slowly. Next thing you know... You can go visit the museum at Auschwitz and you can see the piles of leather shoes and the rings and the teeth. And you wonder, how does it get from A to B? But, you know, like relapsing, what starts as just one beer, you know, ends with you face down in your own vomit with an empty bottle of vodka next to you. And you wonder how the hell you got there. But it starts... Because it's not checked immediately. And that's that's my fear with this is and you know, I'll happily I'll happily be wrong and have it not be that way, but I'd rather speak out at the risk of looking goofy because this is how it starts. It starts it starts so subtly that if you bring it up, people look at you like you're crazy, right? I mean what did the, and I don't say this in a conspiratorial sense, but what did the security of the World Trade Center say after the first plane hit? People were coming down and they were literally saying, go back up to your office. It doesn't matter. I don't say that as a conspiracy. It was just that's what it was. They weren't forced to, but the guards were like, hey, go back up. And people are like, really? And they get back up in their elevator. They'll put out the fire. And it's not until hindsight that you can watch those videos and you're screaming at the screen. You're going, run away, run away. The building's going to come down in 102 minutes. But it's very easy in hindsight. Well, I, I, I hope we don't get so that do far I, so do I. down the road. And my, my hope is, America, you are the last bastion of freedom in the world. It's not going to happen in Europe. They're a lost cause. Certainly not in Canada. The United States of America has to put its standard in the ground and resist in ways that a part of your national um, fiber, the freedom, the land of the free. You guys down there have got to show the rest of the world that you're not going to put up with this crap. And and you will be able to give, but by virtue of that, support for other countries and other peoples who feel the same way. But it's it's Texas that's going to lead the way, Fuck yeah. and I'm I'm whole and Florida, and I I'm a cheerleader for you guys. 
I'm I'm a hundred percent Trumper, and I just can't wait for him to get in again <laughs> and, and see blood in the gutter. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Well, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to upload this episode, and it's going to get taken down, and I'm going to get suspended for two weeks. But. You know, well, put it on, put it on BitChute and wherever else. I'll put know? it on BitChute and Rumble and Spotify. Yeah, you know that's that's the that's the qualm. Do I do I upload it on YouTube knowing that they're just going to take it down, or that's my actual you know that is an actual question I have to myself is I can upload it to YouTube and they're just going to take it down and then delete my channel, or. Do I make a video on YouTube and say, hey, go check it out on Rumble and BitChute? I, I know if it's of any help to you, um, it's your, you're in the media business and I'm, I'm not. But I, 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 I am in frequent communication with a, a journalist like yourself in Britain who's had her YouTube channel taken down and lost a lot of her income in, con- in consequence. But she's found... Um, uh, Facebook and Twitter to be, um, it, I hate to say it, more lenient, you know, um, really? not not as draconian, and that may be an opportunity in addition to a bit shoot and rumble. It's <clears throat> that's an actual yeah. It's a it's a point of debate I have with myself because I talked to some guys from the U.S. military that I'm friends with that I've had on this podcast. They always tell me. They're like, don't post stuff on YouTube that's going to get your channel deleted. They tell me that I can do more good by keeping my YouTube channel up and directing people to rumble and bit shoot as opposed to just going out in a ball of fire and getting my YouTube channel. But then there's a part of me that almost feels guilty if I if I have the audacity to sit in front of this flag and then be scared to upload a video to YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a what do you think I should do? You think I should upload it and risk getting deleted? Well, it is the issue of our times. Yeah, it's it's. it's however, however, um, there are many more issues than COVID that the American public, I'm sure, want to hear about. The national debt, for example, twenty-eight trillion. Um, uh, you know, um, the relationships with China. I mean, we haven't broached on that subject in in this because of the consequence of all of this. But you know, the you you need to. Um, get a right-wing, if I read you correctly, you need to get a right-wing message out on other matters as well, mm-hmm. oh, um, I, which are oh, I do. Also, also very important. Oh, I do. You should uh, you should check out some of the... I'll email them to you. Uh, episode one, This is episode 411, episode 161, with Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, who wrote the book Stealth War, all about China's uh, war against the United States. He was removed from the Obama National Security Council for... Uh, ringing the alarm bell about China's monopoly on 5G infrastructure through their Belt and Road Initiative. I have I get a lot of hatred for the people I have on my pod. I had one of my I was I was suspended for a week from YouTube for uh, having on a CIA veteran talking about the November election. Um, would, would you like me to give you my political slant on COVID? Yeah, do whatever you want, man. If we're if we're going if we're going to get banned, let's earn it. <laughs> well, here's my take on that. Um if it hadn't been for COVID, there wouldn't have been a focus in the States about the utter dependency you have on the Chinese pharmaceutical industry and producing the vast majority of your medications, including the ones for the US military, by the way. Mm-hmm. So the dawning of that dependency, while Trump was still in office, morphed into a much broader issue of repatriating other things than pharmaceutical manufacturing, mm-hmm. which, if had he been re-elected, would have continued. Mm-hmm. Because in my take on this from a macro-political perspective is, simply put, you don't feed your enemy. Mm. It's abundantly clear given the growth of the Chinese military and their various subtle signs since Biden's been re- elected, mm-hmm. it's abundantly clear that we're on a collision course with China, just like Iran. It's a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And so you, you don't give your opponent 
time. You want to be in control of the timing if a battle is imminent. And so if you're in control of the timing, you want to be in control of starving your enemy of the necessary infrastructure and support that they need to develop their military. You don't trade with them. You don't buy from them. You don't let them make stuff for you. There should be a universal Western approach to totally boycott China because they're coming for us. Mm -hmm. It's as obvious as the nose on your face. And the longer you leave it, the bigger and better they are, the more difficult they're going to be to contain. So uh, in many ways, that's the biggest message that came out of COVID is the dependency that we have on China. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's gain of function research is another major, you know, realization that should be universally condemned. But there are big lessons coming out of this COVID thing that people should pick up on. It's, it's much bigger than COVID. Mm. The geopolitical implications of this are frightening. And it wouldn't it wouldn't at all surprise me if sometime during Biden's so-called presidency, <laughs> or should I call it the Harris presidency, um, sometime there will be uh, an invasion of Hong Kong as the test the waters. Mm-hmm. Hong it, Kong and Taiwan, 100%. Hong Kong first, just like the Russians did in, in the Ukraine, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Obama didn't lift a little finger. Yeah. Um, you know, that's coming. It's obviously coming. It's a hundred percent coming. And, and and to think that that it's not coming is the grossest delusion. And so if it's coming, it's like pre World War, you know, an appeasement. You you don't you don't feed the enemy. You don't wait for the enemy to get stronger. You contain the enemy as efficiently as you can, hoping that war will not break out. And you, you, you cross your fingers and, and you can't control it. I mean, that's how the Cold War was won, wasn't it? We outspent this, we outspent Russia. They couldn't, they couldn't provide vodka to, to the population in the same time as, um, as develop their armed forces. Yeah. So they had to choose one or the other and they chose vodka rather than, rather than anything else. And so we, we beat them on strictly economic grounds. Well, if, if the, if, if this was undertaken, and there was a huge repatriation of manufacturing from China. Their economy could suffer severely internally. That might well be the impetus for the educated elite in in the cities to get very restless about what's going on. And it, it could if it was appropriately and, and, and enthusiastically endorsed by Europe as well as the States, that could bring China to its knees and result in a regime change. Yeah. If it was aggressively pursued. Yeah. But you, you can't wait to start that process. It should start now. It should be vicious. It should be thorough and and not titrated like you you know this whole concept of titrating sanctions against iran mm. utterly mad you go for it full bore or you don't do it at all or you don't do it at all you you're, you're out there to win yeah yeah and that's how you that's how you should structure everything you don't titrate it because the the the, the iranians and the chinese they're, they're all liars they'll manipulate you and and lie and 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 meanwhile getting stronger and stronger no that's ridiculous obama just kicked the can down the road it was the most pathetic example of american diplomacy in, in your entire history Fuck yeah. to kick the can down the road and let someone else figure it out Fuck sorry I, no, I, that was awesome I, no don't I, apologize I moved on, don't don't moved you, on through COVID. <laughs> don't you dare apologize i take that as a personal insult don't you dare apologize no, it's I'm, I'm with you 100. percent I mean, um, <clears throat> Michael Pillsbury's book, The Hundred Year Marathon, about China between 1949 and 2049. If they're 100 percent at war with us, as stated by their generals in their doctrine, unrestricted warfare. They know what exactly. they're doing. 
They know exactly. what they want to do, and they have concentration exactly. camps with two million Uyghur Muslims. They have That's organ right. harvesting. This isn't this isn't a conspiracy. This is what they do. They're going Precisely. to take over Hong Kong. They're going to take over Taiwan. They're militarizing artificial islands in the South China Sea. They right. know exactly right. what they're doing. The Belt and Road Initiative all throughout Africa, $5 trillion over 10 years to build ports to poor nations. And then when they default on the loans, you say, hey, don't worry about it. But we get to park a Chinese right. worship here. It's exactly right. what it is. They're just, yeah. you have to respect your enemy. They're fighting a very quiet, covert war because they know an all-out war on the United States it would be over in 12 hours. So they're doing right. this very slow. Well, China has always played the long game mm -hmm. historically. Yeah, no, and that's... And that's they're they're it's, sitting it's, on the sidelines, smiling inscrutably and saying to themselves, America's doing itself in. We don't have to fire a shot. Exactly. They're in, they're in decay. Yep. They don't have the moral fiber to resist. And so we'll simply keep on building up our military. And at a timing of our choosing with our population under control we'll decide when we invade hong kong to see what biden does probably nothing a lot of hand wringing shitting in his pants and 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 that will merely encourage them for the next phase which which may well be taiwan yeah it'll eventually it'll it'll go kinetic as the delta force guys say that i have on this podcast it'll yeah, go kinetic it's as obvious as the nose on your face. Oh, the Chinese are just loving it. They're biding their time. No pun intended. And they're biding we're, their we're, time. We're killing ourselves. Yeah. It's it's from uh, – it, it is a great book, The Hundred-Year Marathon by Michael Pillsbury as well as Stealth War by Robert Spaulding. It's, there's this thing from the – and I know it's 6.04. I've kept you for longer. I'll wrap it up. But there's – I mean there's this thing from the warring states period of the history of China called uh, – asking the emperor the weight of his cauldrons and what that means is the weight of your your cauldrons were given to you by god so if you have the heaviest cauldrons you are the emperor you are in charge if someone comes up to you maybe like a young guy maybe he's rising up in the ranks and he comes up to you and asks the weight of your cauldrons even if you show hey my cauldrons are the heaviest i'm the emperor that guy just showed his hand because the very fact that he asked what the weight of the cauldrons were shows he's interested. So if I walk up to the edge of the White House and say, do the guards have bullets in their guns? That just fucked me. Because they're like, why do you care if we have bullets? So now that now I'm done, right? So the entire Chinese philosophy from the Warring States period is you never ask the weight of the emperor's cauldron. You never test America if it still has the power. You don't make a move until you know they don't have the power. So the only time you ask the weight of the emperor's cauldrons is when you know you have the heaviest cauldrons. So you don't come up and ask the emperor and then walk away. You come up, you ask, you already know the answer, and then you kill him. The throne's now yours. So what China's going to do is they're going to make a move when they don't have to question their move. They're going to make a move to Taiwan when they know America won't do anything. When they know, Yeah. So that's what they're going to do. And well, if, 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 if Trump doesn't win next time, America is toast. Yeah. And when America goes down, the world goes. Democracy goes down. And watch out. Because it will be watch the, out. It'll be the jackboot on the face forever. It won't be jackboots. It'll be the Chinese Communist Party or the surrogates, you know? Yeah, yeah it'll um, be the made in China jackboots. Otherwise known as Yale and Harvard and Stanford, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, right? It, it'll. At that point, that's when I hop on one of Elon Musk's rockets and go to Mars because Mars will be the new <laughs> Mars will be the new free land, the new right. That'll be where the pilgrims go to practice freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Will be Mars. Maybe that's where this podcast ends. Is me broadcasting from a, a red planet of dust. Who knows? <laughs> Well, it's been a pleasure talking with you, Dr. Uh, Hodkinson. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. This will be uploaded on Rumble, Bitshoot, Spotify, and I'm going to try to. I have a, uh, I have like a backup YouTube channel, and that's where I mm -hmm. upload my videos first. No one knows about it. I don't tell anyone about it. it has zero subscribers. Had, there's no description or anything. What I do is I just upload the videos, and I see whether or not they get flagged. It's my canary, and if the video gets up on there, I float it on the main channel. So. It'll be interesting to so see. So if, if you wouldn't mind when you've got it loaded, would you mind sending me a link oh, so that I can... Uh, sir. 
and uh, I will be personally insulted if you don't uh, if you aren't a returning guest on my podcast. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. We're, we're very have very like minds, I think, oh, and yeah, um, I'm I'm actually um, I'm actually an American at heart, and I'm Fuck I'm rooting for you guys. Fuck yeah! Well, we'll take you in. You will you, you can come help fight the revolution against the Chinese. I'll fight side by side with you, Doctor H. <laughs> I don't know how good I'll be, but... I'm not ex-military. Neither am I. I I deeply admire the guys that put their lives on the line for us. I wear the yellow ribbon on my clothes and my cars with pride. And, um, but I have a certain philosophy in matters of great import, such as this. And the philosophy is this. When I put my standard in the ground, it's a binary decision. Mm-hmm. Either I'm going to kill you, or you're going to kill me. Yeah. So let's get it. Let's get at it, shall we? Let's not waste any time. Fuck you. It's been a pleasure. Fuck you. It's been a pleasure. You too, Doctor. Thank you so much. There couldn't be Thank a more you. badass ending of this podcast. <laughs> God bless, Doctor H. God bless America. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.